What is up, everybody? It is mid-August, which means it's time for our album of the month here on the Nine Circles Audio Thing. I'm your host, Dan Kaplan, and I'm here with our largest crew to date for one of these podcasts. We have eight of us, and all of our audios are working. This is, like, unprecedented in Nine Circles lore. Um, We're going to run down, first and foremost, before we get into the album, we are going to run down our crew here. Uh, I'm going to go in the order of my audio screen here. First up, from way out west, Mr. Vince Martinek. Vince, say hi. Hi. Okay. Now go back to Mama. Uh, Next up, up, making his Nine Circles audio thing debut, Mr. Josh Thaler. How are you, Josh? Hey, what's going on? Very excited to be here. Wrong, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. The podcast is canceled. (laughs) Josh, Josh Stewart doesn't know his last name. <laughs> no, it's it's hard sometimes. It's hard to know your own last name, but it's okay. We could go easy on him. Um, Josh Thieler, we are we are so happy to have you here. How is uh, how's things out in Pittsburgh? Uh, fine. <laughs> it's cool. hot. It's not raining, so that's different. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Um, next up. The other Josh, the one who doesn't remember his last name, Mr. Josh Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> How are you, buddy? Yeah, doing good. Doing good. It's hot. Too hot. Yeah. yeah. I think that I think that is just about everywhere right now. Although we didn't get a complaint from Vince for about the heat for the first time you in know what? ever. It's it's hot, but it was in like the hundreds and now it's like high eighties. So I'm, I really don't have any reason to complain today. <laughs> awesome. Very good. Very good. For once. Up, I'll find something though. Don't worry about that. Oh, we know. <laughs> I wasn't worried. <laughs> Next up from way up North, Mr. Corey Butterworth. Hi. Hey. <laughs> and from Long Island, Mr. Chris Voss, the Necrolytico converter. Hello. And also from way out west, Haracat. Hi, it's me. <laughs> and finally, and finally, Mr. Anton Sazanin, Zyklonius. How you doing, bud? Hey, hey, all good here, all good here. Right. What was it that we called him on the couch slut one, the fighting Finn? Something, something <laughs> like that, yeah. Fighting Finn. <laughs> I I, I, I I would do nicknames, but there are eight of us, and I just I can't yeah. process eight potential nicknames on the so fly. Far so the I, I know my I know my limits. I just got done a long semester. My brain power is greatly diminished, so I I'm not even going to try it. Just call um, everyone Jaws. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just call everyone Jaws. <laughs> I never remember. <laughs> oh all man! Alrighty. Well, anyway, that's the crew. The album. Uh, it is out on Gilead Media. It came out mid-month, mid-July, about a month ago, in fact. Uh, and because it's out on Gilead Media, I am going to let the Gilead Media fanboy himself introduce it. Vince, tell the folks at home, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Imperial Triumphant's new album, Vile Luxury. Mm. Vile Luxury. It is album number three, I believe, from Imperial Triumphant. Um, yes. Full length number three. Full length number three, correct. And uh, if, for those who aren't familiar, um, Imperial Trampin is a, a New York based. Um, it's hard to really describe them. They're avant garde, they're black, they're 
um, just experimental all over the place. Um, any, would anyone, anyone want to step in and try and categorize these guys? It's a very difficult prospect. No. No. <laughs> no. 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 It's, um, if and, Black and, and Death Metal that's played in with, with jazz um, songwriting and structure. Yeah. It's um, like yeah. the... It's like the Great Gatsby, but instead of people sipping champagne, they're doing speedballs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with whiskey somewhere in there. Speedballs, speedballs that are tainted with, like, wasp killer or something. Sure. Yeah. Something yeah. <laughs> really and, bad. And, of course, you know, as the band is from New York, a lot of their, so much of their, the, you know, the thematics behind their, their music is about life in the, uh, just enormous pressure-filled like oppressive existence of new york city uh and it's made for an album that has attracted a lot of attention uh that's unsettled many including myself um but is you know just a totally memorable album and so that was our pick for album of the month that is what we're here to talk about if you want to hear about it great if not get the fuck out so (laughs) um what yeah (laughs) So why don't we uh, why don't we go around uh, in whatever order? Uh, maybe maybe Vince first because because Gilead. Um, Vince, what'd you think of this thing? Oh, I loved it. Shocker. I mean, yeah, like shocking. <laughs> shocker. I know it's so out of character for me to love something that Adam puts out, but like here I am again. <laughs> pretty pretty on brand move. Yeah, I mean it fills. It's oh, it's just it's so weird. It's just bonkers. It's taken me so long to actually wrap my head around it just because, like, it, there's just so much going on all the time there. And it, but it does, yeah. It fills a, yeah. It is a lot to process between, like, the, the, like, the right 90 degree turns that it takes and, like, the starts and stops and just, like, man. But it's so good. It's so well done. And it fills that nice sort of like my my taste in in listening tends to veer toward like really sharp extremes. And there's a lot of stuff that I've listened to this year that's really pretty and really like serene. And this fills that really, really ugly niche that I've that I've wanted so badly. Like, I think the last time I talked about this album to somebody in person, I described it as a better Portal album than the album that Portal put out this year, and I think I still stand by that. Truth. I think, I think that's an apt description. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Josh Thieler. Feeler, not Stuart. <laughs> um, you were in our in our group chat earlier. You were you were saying that this is your this is your album of the year so far. Yeah, um, it's it's safe to say this will probably just be my album of the year. Um, sorry to anybody who has anything cool coming out for the rest of the year, but I, I don't care. Uh, I got the promo for this in it was like late February or early March or something, and I've listened to it every day. Um, and it's just it's it's such a hard listen it's fantastic like the first time i listened to it i was i was actually doing something that i had to do like i was doing something work related and i didn't realize but like halfway through the first song i had just stopped working and i was just like sitting there probably with my mouth hanging open and drooling for the whole rest <laughs> of the album like 
and it, it was just like, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Imperial Triumphant. I think I, I wrote a review of um, Abyssal Gods, I think, or maybe it was the Incest EP uh, for Nine Circles a while back. And uh, Manny O'War uh, yelled at me repeatedly about it because he's like, you just fanboyed all over this review. You're supposed to be critical. And I was like, I, there's nothing bad to say. This, it, the band is just unbelievable. Um, the, I, I feel like I'm talking a lot and I'm sorry, but the- no, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the second track on, on this album. So like if somebody's listening that hasn't heard it yet or hasn't heard of Imperial Triumphant, uh, if you listen to the second track off of this album called Lower World, it has one of the most like chilling uh, parts that I've ever heard in metal. Like metal is supposed to be, you know, you know, people talk about it being scary and extreme and everything, but like uh, about halfway through Lower World, like I get, I still, even though I've listened to it like over a hundred times now, I still get goosebumps every time that that section comes on. It's just wonderfully well done. And it's a, it's a nightmare from start to finish in the best possible way. Yeah. I can, I can definitely relate to what you were saying about, about just getting so immersed in it that you, you stop what you're doing. Uh, and I, th I think for that, for that reason, for me, it was sort of, it was an album that like, it took its time for, or, I, or I took my time rather uh, to really um, fully appreciate it. Cause I felt like I needed to be in the right moment and not be doing anything else and just devote my time to it. And you know, when I found the time to do that, it's, it's just incredible. So. I think um, you, you mentioned the great Gatsby Early, yeah. Somebody mentioned the Great Gatsby. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's funny that that's like a perfect thing to bring up because basically, like their whole thing, their whole deal as a band yeah. is like you know talking about like the 1920s metropolis, like the right. architecture, the the Great, you know, the great Gatsby. Style. Like it's it's I, I you know what I should try reading the Great Gatsby while listening to this album. <laughs> that would be super interesting. <laughs> they do they do touch on the same themes too, where it's like this like over the top sense of opulence with that sort of moral decay and like mm. like absence of soul underneath it all and the fact that there's nothing holding this like great shining image up and it's all just going to come crashing down one day. Yeah. That would be super interesting. Yeah. Josh Stewart, you're up buddy. What do you, what do you, what'd you think of this thing? This thing's amazing. I mean, it's jazz, it's death, it's black, it's, I mean, it's everything, just, it's lightning in a bottle. I mean, Chernobyl Blues and Cosmopolis is probably my two favorite back-to-back -back tracks ever. Mm. Uh, you know, ever. One, one drags you through the muck, and the other one picks you up and kicks you square in the balls. <laughs> it's, 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 it's amazing. It's, it's crazy. Um well, I, I got to give my hat off to uh, Anton for the review because he kind of put that thing in perspective. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. live in New York. I know a lot of people that have. I've been there two or three times, uh, but definitely nothing to give me context. And reading through his review gave me a kind of context that uh, that I was missing listening to the album. I mean, I knew the album was great, uh, very challenging 
Uh, matter of fact, Chris and I had a conversation early on in the year about we were going to hopefully seek out those uh, challenging listens this year and stick to them. And this is an album that, uh, I mean, I, I know it'll be, it will definitely be on my list. That's for sure. At the end of the year, amazing album. Yeah. Segging, segging from that, um, since you mentioned Anton, Mr. Mr. Santanen fighting Finn. Um, let's let, let, you know, if, if you could, for the folks at home who may not have read your review, if you could sum up what you, you know, what you had to say in that written piece, you know, here and now, what would you, what would you say about vile luxury? Um, to me, it was a deeply personal experience, and I um, approached the album as someone who studies social sciences and who has lived in New York City for seven and a half years now, and has witnessed people and mom and pop businesses being displaced by uh, gentrification, skyrocketing rents, and replaced by finance bros and chain stores. So. I'm not a musician or adept in music theory, so it's, it was quite difficult for me to dissect or describe the music itself. And instead, I think it's avant-garde sensibilities are best and easiest understood and experienced by closing my eyes and picturing how it represents and embodies New York City. It's, uh, I was thinking about it when I was writing the review, and to me, the album triggers a form of synesthesia with a rich tapestry of visions and concepts. It's about, I don't know, greed and decadence and luxury and hubris and inequality and indifference. And how the city and those at the top of the food chain dehumanize and spread misery. And I'm quoting my review of the album when I called it a sociological audio guide that exposes the ugliness hidden behind perfect smiles and cheery Broadway musicals and the rotting corpse of the shambling city that somehow stays alive despite or because of its impossibility and uh, unsuitability for life. And to me, in a way, the album is timeless. There are just these links to the age of jazz and noir and cigarette smoke, courtesy of Jaws, swirling in salons and <laughs> bodies found in alleyways and gutters, frozen to death, and these kind of echoes of the failed promise of the industrial era and both early and late capitalism. In a way, it goes back to the whole Metropolis idea movie. And that, to me, what was really really beautiful was that boundless optimism of I'm going to make it here in the city. I'm going to be important and famous. That kind of mentality sadly disintegrating into daily survival mode where you worry if you have enough money for rent or if your medical insurance covers that broken ankle. And I was just thinking about it, what, what, how to compare it to or what would be some kind of reference point or relative. And in a way, it reminds me of my other July favorite, Karada Saul. Mm. Yeah, because Karada's music is about, on that album, it's about real life concerns, it's tangible threats like climate change or environmental degradation and right to water. And it's about injustice and uh, existential distress and anxiety that keeps people awake at night. So in a way, Salt has this vivid, colorful narrative of sadness and anguish. In a way, it's a West Coast relative of luxury. So, so yeah, to me, it was this very colorful experience. It's interesting also because I usually don't like that much music that is really dissonant or, or I'm, I'm, I mean, I can see how many people might find this album too dissonant or academic or artsy, but in a way, this really struck a personal chord in my case. 
Yeah, I <laughs> I can as a former as a former New York resident, I can absolutely relate with you on that, and I'll 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 touch on that when I you know when I get to my extended thoughts as well. But yeah, um, you've and as a, always, oh. I could listen to you talk about Imperial Triumphant for the rest of the night. <laughs> I could listen yeah, to yeah, Anton yeah. just talk. Period. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I, th I think so when you have a concept as as grand as as they do, the artsiness really works in your favor because it gives it gives you something to tie it all in, you know, with the mm -hmm. visual elements and everything. And that's something that's really interesting that you said is that you you know you experienced it better by closing your eyes and picturing sort of what the music was trying to conjure up. So they did do a music video for the first song that was on the album. Do you think it would have worked out even better if they had expanded it beyond that into like, you know, there's, there's bands who have done like, like movie accompaniments to their album. Do you think that this is one that would have worked? Like if they had, if they had had the time and the resources to invest in that. I actually haven't seen the music video, but to me, this album is extremely cinematic in a nightmarish way. Then I would highly encourage you watch the music video because it's pretty much just that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel very like... cool. Very cool. Um, well, before before the uh, inevitable car alarm comes back, let's uh, switch over to uh, Haracat. <laughs> That was me, but that was not my car, so I'm sorry, guys. I, I could I could tell I could tell because everyone else was like, "What's going on?" And Hera, you're just there, like, kind of like uncomfortably shifting. Not me. <laughs> I was like, I, will... the, I was like, okay, who the hell do I have to yell out? Because this is ridiculous. Um, As a fellow denizen of the West Coast, I will say sometimes that you just gotta have the windows open. I can't. If I do, I die. You <laughs> die. Me. And car alarms are just car alarms going off on my street is exactly the same thing. It just happens all the time for no reason. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's annoying, but it's something you got to deal with. Uh, so for Imperial Triumphant, I actually couldn't get into the album because I wanted to listen to it when I, like, sometime when we first talked about it. So sometime in late July, and when I first listened to it, it didn't grab me. So I shelved it and then I went back to it like a couple of days ago. But to get there, I had to listen to someone recommended to me, Hail Spirit Noor. Oh, oh yes. So I listened hmm. to Mayhem in Blue and then I went and listened to Wild Triumphant thinking that I couldn't find anything. Turns out that it was a lot easier to digest the second time around when I listened to um, Bio Luxury. So. I actually really enjoyed it, despite the fact that I wasn't ex as accessible as I wanted it to be. Like, it's good. I would listen to it again. It's, again, not something that I'm inclined to because there's a lot of jazz, but I really enjoyed it. It was great. You got a problem with jazz? <laughs> no. Jazz is not something that I what? listen to a lot. What? <laughs> so for me, this is kind of like, okay, this is kind of an interesting mix. I'm just playing. That's... Yeah, I mean that that that's fair. Were there any? Um, I mean, when when you came around to it, were there any any tracks in particular that did it for you, or was it kind of the whole the whole picture? The whole thing, the whole picture. It reminded me a lot of Metropolis, the movie. It was, it was surreal. It, yeah, awesome. probably. I did not I did not read any of the reviews, so um, but it did remind me of Metropolis just because of how how soulless it seemed. 
Yeah. Like something underneath the everything that was underneath was just like you look into the abyss and you're like, oh, now I get where this is coming from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it it definitely uh, definitely leaves it leaves its mark on you in that, mm -hmm. in that sense. I'm actually curious about the uh, the bridge that you had with the Hail Spirit Noir album. Yeah. Because I remember listening to that and looking back on it, I don't. I don't know that I would have filed these two albums in that same category, so I'm curious what it was about the one that brought out the other for you. They had that same jazz tone, which was, because when you listen to Hail Spirit North from the beginning to the end, it starts from heavy to soft, from what I remember it. So it was really weird to just hear that jazz and the jazz states, so when I listened to Vought, to our Luxury, it was like, oh shit, there's something here. It's that okay. one has soul, and the other one's soul is underneath the uh, the dark abyss that's lurking underneath everything else. You know, the soul okay. is present in one, and the other one is missing it, but it's underneath the mel the melody somewhere. One one has a soul, and the other one's soul has been sucked out by like a Harry Potter Dementor type. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> sure. <Especially>, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Chris and or Corey, who wants who wants next? Corey, go for it. <laughs> it is decided. Um, I like weird. And this is like weird way further than I had anticipated at all. Um, I remember I was for some reason trying to listen to this while doing something the first time. And about halfway through the first song, I just like had to pause my entire life and reassess what I was doing. Um, and it was jarring to a point that I had to put some stuff away, recalibrate myself and dig back into it. And I went through it once. Uh, and to be totally honest, like it just seemed a little extreme for me in the sense that a little too much dissonance, a little too much going on. But um, after letting it sit, um, there's something about that maybe that grabbed me and maybe, you know, pulled back, pulled me back towards it, maybe go back through it again. And over time, it really embedded itself in me. And um, I've come to be, I've come to become very fond of, the complexity, the dichotomy of style, um, I can really find that parallel to city life in New York City despite having only a visitor's um, experience. Um, I respect what this album does to an incredible degree. Um, I, I think about those moments between, honestly, any of the first four songs really stand out. I mean, Trimble Blues, just the build there is just unlike anything I've heard in a long, long time. Um, I, I really just, I can't stop interpreting this thing i can't stop finding more things to pull out of it um i think it's going to take many many months for me to really formulate <laughs> exactly what i think of it uh, but it is it is an immense piece of work and it is something that should be celebrated for quite some time uh, aside from that, I I, yeah go ahead i was gonna say, i think that in and of itself the fact that like i mean you're what well, i mean we're almost a month in and you're still finding new things to process and to interpret and your 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 thoughts on it are still evolving i mean i think that says everything about this album endlessly like, evolving and evolving in ways that they weren't evolving in the last time i listened to it um yeah it really is something uh it, it's quite the record absolutely chris anything to add yeah uh i have a lot of thoughts on this some of which just kind of popped up from what everyone else was saying because there's so much great commentary on this uh I, I love this album. I, I love it dearly. I, I, it is, 
an album that for something that is seemingly so dissonant, uh, I, want, I want to talk about the dissonance a little bit more, uh, for something that is so dissonant and chaotic, it is so warm and beautifully structured. I have not heard an album this year that is as heavy or swirlingly kind of chaotic as this album, but has this beautiful uh, warmth and space that allows you to just kind of digest and and if you're open to it just kind of take everything in uh, I think it's a huge huge accomplishment I had only just recently listened to their other albums this was BioLuxury was my first experience with Imperial Triumphant so after finally kind of getting my fill of that, I went back to the earlier stuff. And it's amazing to see that so much of that was there in the earlier albums as well, especially, um, and, and Josh mentioned, uh, uh, he had written up about Abyssal Gods, which was fantastic, but nothing takes the leap that this one does. Uh, some of the things that kind of struck out at me, for, for all the talk of jazz, and I, I definitely see it there, the one thing that I don't hear talked about a lot is um kind of the 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 modern almost 20th century classical touches that especially the first half of the album has uh the the, the way that the trumpets are used the way that kind of um and i'm gonna jump on josh Thieler's train again because i think my favorite song is probably lower world uh, i wasn't actually if i had to pick a weak song i it would be swarming opulence as great as it is everything else that comes after it is so fantastic that f for me it just kind of it does what it does really well but i just i i eagerly get to lower world where you start to hear these incredible kind of spaces and percussive movements especially hack halfway through that don't exactly feel jazz although because of the horns and some of the arrangements you get that impression but i was much more taken by almost like a modern classical kind of almost like a avant-garde a atonal vibe to it and it's not really until at least for me the incredible just the way that chernobyl blues kind of explodes mm. yeah. at the end Unreal. and you have that silence before cosmopolis which is my second favorite song on the <laughs> album and then cosmopolis mother machine the filth go into this decadent just maggot-ridden jazz black death metal that really to touch on what anton said th there's a huge parallel dichotomy between this and the karata album which i i love and, and might have been my pick for the other best album of july whereas karata has these constant themes of water and and washing away and eroding away things the imperial trumpet seems very content to not wash or erode anything away but to wallow in the filth and the muck that they see almost as a challenge to kind of rise above it and then when you get to luxury and death which really touches on all the all the touchstones that that anton mentions in his frankly phenomenal review i mean it it really all kind of comes together there the the, the seething anger but from a musical perspective it's just it's it's phenomenal it's, it's almost a crime to say it's it's the Portal album that Portal didn't get a chance to make because Portal could never make an album like this. Uh, as much as I enjoy those albums, they couldn't make an album that is this deep and wide and spacious and gorgeous in how ugly it is. I mean, it, it is, if it's not the album of the year for me, it's in the top five, you know, running right now. It, it's just, it's a phenomenal achievement for the year. So basically you're saying Benson's wrong. Yeah, basically. That, I mean, would, you know. that would be in keeping with the theme of this podcast. <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> Vincent is right, but I think there's so much. I, I think it's so much more I than yeah. that. No, I, huge, I agree with you. My, uh, my statement, my statement vis-a-vis -vis Imperial Triumphant versus Portal was an attempt to get to what you were saying, but it my it was a, just a simplistic way of talking about it. But you were you were correct. This is the album that I would have wanted from Portal. Yeah, but yeah. I I think that I'm much better off having having Imperial Triumphant make what they made. Vince, you know we just love to keep you on your toes with this thing. Yes. I think it's we do a, a great job. It's it's not a it's not a nine circles audio thing if Vince doesn't have to defend himself like yeah. <laughs> every <laughs> once or twice. And Vince, there's still time for me to woefully mispronounce an album at some point. So yeah. can't wait. You're, you're, you'll have your sweet revenge at some point. Oh, well, you know, like luxury of bee or something like that. <laughs> Everyone's got to be something with bees now. <laughs> Vile luxury B. There you go. Luxury, that yeah, was yeah. that was it. I was trying to remember. We had something in the group <laughs> chat about that, and it was Vile luxury B. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I'll just step in, and I mean, you guys have covered this way more um, eloquently and in depthly than I could ever hope to. But I, you know, I just I will step in and add some final thoughts. I guess um, I initially and, and Chris and Corey and Josh will remember. Josh Stewart will remember me texting about this. I was initially like, I wasn't sure because this album is a lot to process and because it's very much a, um, like need to be in the right, the right situation, not having anything distracting you, um, just being in the right state of mind to listen to it. Um, I immediately respected the hell out of it, but I wasn't sure if it was my album of the month. Um, I, at first was leaning heavily toward the Obscura album, which um, I don't know if, I don't know who, if anyone else is Obscura fans in here, but I really mm -hmm. adore that thing. I think that, yeah, there you go, Hera. Um, I thought that was their best album in like almost a decade. Uh, I was leaning toward that, but I kept coming back to Vile Luxury and I kept coming, like those, those little things about New York life, um, the, the, the ugliness and the oppressiveness and, just the, the sheer heaviness that is existence in New York. Like all those memories kept like floating back into my head whenever I would listen to this album and I couldn't get this album out of my head. Um, and so that, you know, eventually, you know, the album really just sort of <laughs> kind of kicked me, you know, to, to quote Vince, it kind of kicked me in the balls and said, Hey, I will not be denied. <laughs> fuck, your um, fuck your Obscura. Uh, this is the album of the month. And um, I, I'm not normally a lyrics guy, but um, because of the themes behind it, I, I um, ended up going on their, you know, their lyric page and just looking at this and just that even, you know, just reading through this lyric sheet unsettled me even more. Um, the, you know, in, in Gotham Lux, the, the middle section, demographic shifts, building them higher, worshiping excess, altars to resplendence. Gotham Lux siphoning lifeblood, beholden silver eye, production never stops. Like that just that is as as someone who has been, you know, a former resident of New York and seeing the just in ridiculous overgrowth that's going on, that resonates with me in a particular way. Um, going back to musically, the the beginning of um, Lower World, where it sounds like there's a you know a subway kind of entering the station or you know parting off in the distance that that particular like ugliness of sound 
is familiar to me. Just just all this stuff, all this dissonance and the whole package just really it hit me. And I don't know, it's it's incredible. If um it's it's one hundred percent going on my, my year end list. If it's not my album of the year, then some minor miracle will have occurred in the final four months of the year. So Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and credit to it because I you know, I, I did this running list of albums that came out in July in July. July was a crowded freaking month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had loaded with quality. Yeah. We had, I mean, you guys mentioned the Karata. I talked about Obscura. Beyond that, there was Immortal. There was Burial Invocation. There was Mutera- Mutilation Rites, Extremity, Death Heaven, Inexorum, um, Power Wolf, which I adore and which is totally different from this. <laughs> Could not be more so. Um, the Thou EP, like all this stuff. I mean, it was it was a ridiculous month, but but this I think was still far and away the most impressive release. So yeah, Imperial Triumphant. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, awesome. So that is that is it. That is that is our our, our discussion, our chat. Um, do we have our, our our many multitude of guests? Do we have any any? else anything else we want to talk about anything we'd like to plug um any projects that uh, the masses at home might like to hear about no. I, want to, I, I want to hear about what josh thaler is up to because i know that there is stuff coming out soon sir at some point this year uh beyond yeah, what you've already done yeah and what you just recently did so so far this year i think i've put out seven releases with between however many different bands. Uh, and there's at least, I think, another six that are coming out before the end of the year. Yes. Um, yes. So one of which may or may not happen because I've, I've, found, I've found something that is way too hard for me. Um, and I don't, I don't know that I'll be able to do it. But basically, I'm, <laughs> this new project had like the, the drummer from Cryptopsy and was like, and the drummer from Cryptopsy was like, I don't feel like doing this anymore. I don't feel like dealing with this this record. And they're like, hey, you can do it. And I was like, sure, whatever. Like, I didn't look into it at all. I was just like, oh, it sounds cool. You guys want to do death metal. And then I'm like, I, they sent it to me. And I was just like, dear God, I can't, I can't play so, this at all. So <laughs> you, you picked something up that Flo Monier passed on? Yeah. Holy um, shit. Just, so rest in peace, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you probably—I don't know that you can really see my hands, but like how bruised and like bloodied they are. But like, I've been practicing every day for this for like two months, and I'm still not there. But well, most of the most of the people that I know that talk about writing music, they always tell you to to play something that's above your skill level. Yes. that's the only way that you're actually going to get there. Yes. So like. I firmly believe that you'll come out on the other side of this a much, much stronger person. <laughs> I appreciate that. I like, I try to do that with every release that I'm on, but like this one was like, you know, if Twilight Fauna was a step above whatever Slays BC release came before that, and then, you know, Slays BC from that Twilight Fauna, if those were like each an individual step, this is like 15 steps. So I'm, I'm trying, but. Other than that, I'm most excited about the Aret uh, full length. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So, very, 
Very um, stoked on hearing that. Uh, whenever speaking of, speaking of Twilight Fauna, that was another one of those July releases. Uh, yeah. Again, crowded month. Yeah, I wrote about that for the um, the receiving the Eucharist that came out the Friday previous. I think at this point to when this is when you are hearing this as a listener, I think that it will have been the previous Friday. I have I have no sense of time anymore. I, I or the previous. In, when I was running down yeah. my list, I thought that was an August third release, and I'm like, nope. oh no. <laughs> that was late July, and sure it, it was <laughs> it was a phenomenal album. It yeah. is easily the be- easily the best thing that you and Paul have done, Josh. And my uh, since I have the time to tell you, like to your virtual face, <laughs> extremely well done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, absolutely. Paul Paul is awesome to work with. Um, he he does he definitely does push me, um, but uh, <laughs> stop smoking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, recording with him makes me want to smoke more because he doesn't believe in click tracks. I don't know who it's doesn't believe the, in click tracks, but even it's either the, it's either the smoking or the rock stars that's going to kill you one day. <laughs> yeah, monster. The monster, I, right? The monster zero ultra I, or whatever. I'm only correcting you just in case monster is listening. And right, monster we're looking for sponsorship money. Yeah. So, um, but the Aret full length, they sent it to me before it had drums to it, uh, and I didn't realize that I was going to get to play drums on it. And I was like, this is one of the best records I've ever heard. Um, yeah, wow. and I was like. I was like, you guys are doing something incredible. Uh, and like, I was all ready to just like be the biggest fan of this record ever. And they were like, yeah, you know what would make it better is your drums. And then I like, I've been like pissing myself with delight ever, ever since. Like, and now, now I'm putting it out on my label. Um, on oh, my hell album. yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, look for that later in the year. Be excited. We are getting Imperial Triumphant, but. That's just because I like I like nightmarish sounding things better than beautiful, you know. Well, plus yeah, you already designated uh, Imperial as your as your album of the year, so you can't backtrack that shit now. It's no, it's, <laughs> it's it is your album of the year last year was Primitive Man, wasn't it? It was. Uh, oh, speaking it was, of speaking oh, of nightmarish sounds, oh, seriously, that was, was wonderful. A, it's a battle. It was a battle between an. an uh, Primitive Man and Spectral Voice. There was so yeah, many, well, so many good records that came out last year. Um, just true. Alrighty. Anyone else? Final thoughts? Now I think the uh, the MVP for uh, Imperial Triumphant for me had to have been uh, their drummer Kenny. Hmm. I think he definitely was like the glue that held this thing together, and he's just massively, insanely talented. He just put out. Um, he got um, released a, like a playthrough video. Yeah. one or some of their songs. And if you have not watched that, please watch it. I don't know anything about playing drums. Yeah. So I'm very easily impressed when it comes to drummers. And even even watch watching him was like a step above anything that I've seen in a long time. Maybe since like I watched a video playthrough of Jamie St. Marat from Ulcerate. Oh yeah. Like it is just he's he's a he's a whirlwind. And it's it's just the way that he switches up between like the death metal and the like the jazz chops. It's just insane. If if somebody's listening and is thinking about taking your recommendation up to watch that video, 
Only watch it if you're not a drummer. If you are, you'll probably plunge into an existential crisis. <laughs> right. Give up if, if you are, you may not be a drummer for long. Yeah. Right. Or just, I think, any musician in general, because you could learn from other musicians, yeah. I think. As a former cellist, I can attest to that. Right. I play guitar, but even looking at that is like, fuck, I need to get, like, um, I need to get on another level at this point because <laughs> I used to get those whenever I'd watch the dudes from uh, Animals and Rivers. I know the feeling. Hey, they were really good live. I saw them when yes, their first album came out. I always, I always yeah, forget man. about that band. They're very good at what they're, they do. Yeah. I'm not sure that I enjoy it as much as I used to anymore, but they're certainly very good at what they do. Yes. Alrighty. Well, with that, we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, folks at home, Thank you for listening in. Uh, you know, know the drill at Co, Facebook, Nine Circles blog, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Nine Circles. Uh, if you would like to follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify, iTunes, or sorry, Apple Podcasts. It's called Apple Podcasts now. Um, Google Play, Stitcher, you name it. Um, any of your podcast library. So subscribe, rate, review. Be super fun. Um, and of course, Nine Circles blog at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, for... Vince, the two Joshes, Corey, Chris, Hera, and Anton. Uh, thank y'all for listening in, and uh, we will see you this time next month. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.